welcome to episode 633 of Longbox Heroes and episode 418 of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the Lamborghini of combined comic book and fooling around podcasts. I'm Todd, along with Joe. Joe's feeling under the weather. Am I correct, Joe? It's actually 419 of After Dark. Oh, 419. I'm sorry. You're says, right. It says right there in the email. I was working fast, Joe. I was working fast. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling well. Um, as you can hear, my voice is kind of shot. It was starting to go on Thursday, if you listen to At Odds. Um, and I will lay the blame squarely at the feet of professional wrestling for this one. I will always lay the blame at professional wrestling. So Right. Um, so, you know, obviously going to the wrestling on Friday and Saturday, I'm sure, didn't help. Um, Sunday, I tried to lay easy as I could, Mm -hmm. um, but super secret science job involves a lot of talking, you know, right, right. Um, a lot more than I'm allowed to admit. So, um, that's why the Patreon show, cause the Patreon show was going to get delayed because of wrestling. Anyway, we had intentions to record Sunday and I got on, I sounded even worse than this. Mm hmm. Um, or was it, was it Sunday or Monday? I think Sunday is Sunday. And then we discussed in text and or emails Monday, what was going on. We never got on Skype on Monday. Right. But we did get on Sunday, right? Yes, we did. And I was like, Ooh, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to do this? And you were like, nah, I'm like, I'm fine with it. You know, I don't want you dying over, you know, talking about Piro Mounties. Right. I'm at the tail end of it though. But today was a day where, like, and again, it's after dark, but we're not going to swear, but, you know, this is where it comes into, you know. Right. Um, that the, um, for me, schnotting so much, mm-hmm. blowing my nose so much, and coughing up so much, like, I'm physic, I physically hurt from it. I believe it. I've had that to me yeah. where I'll, I'll get that like with other stuff and I'll be, Oh, I'm cramping. You know what I mean? From coughing. My, and, che- my, my chest hurts. Yep. From yep. Coughing up so much like disgusting stuff, you know? Right. Do you think it's like, like I call it con crud. Do you think it's wrestling crud? Well, I had it before I went, like I was oh, losing right. my voice on Thursday. Fair enough. Fair enough. I forgot yeah. you said that. Uh, wrestling probably exacerbated it, you know? Right, right. Um, maybe it was the thought of wrestling as my body's way of trying to reject me from going to wrestling. Right. Um, but my you, body. so, what? I say my body always rejects me from going to wrestling, so I understand. I There's ways that we can get you to go to wrestling. That is true. They just happen to have a bad back currently. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but um, we're going to shoot. Like it's just going to be on a sliding scale. Like Wednesday, we're going to see how I feel if we can do the pure the the. I did put previewing the past out for everyone on the Patreon. That was something that I kept meaning to ask you, but I kept yeah. forgetting. You know what I mean? Because it was like so many was, other stuff. Yeah, it was scheduled to go out for all the Patreons on whenever we recorded Piro Mounties. It went out because the intention was to record on Sunday. So Piro Mounties is going to go out whenever we get a chance to record it. Maybe Wednesday, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, depending on how I'm feeling. Thursday, of course, is a no-go because Thursday is Thanksgiving. Right. And I'm doing the wrestling show, depending on how I feel there. But even if I'm not feeling good Wednesday and not feeling good Thursday, 
Then the wrestling show is going to be Adam, Brett, and DJ. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, but we'll see. Like I said, I could wake up tomorrow and feel fine. Like when I emailed you this morning, I felt fine. Right, right. I'm shocked that uh, the wrestling show isn't me and Michelle, but I don't want to make you any sicker. So right. And Michelle likes wrestling too much now, so we can't. She does. She knows more than me. She does. No, she doesn't. You know more. Um, she fights it. You lean into it more. Right. Well, she does a good job of messing things up just the right amount, and I love it. Right. So. So let's get into the comic book show. Sure. Uh, we always say it's going to be a short show, but this one is going to be a short show. This one we have time down to the second, Joe. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Right. But uh, in news, uh, upcoming stuff from DC and free comic book day stuff. Um, conventions. Um, what we read last week, which was Stargirl, the Lost Children, number one, Nightwing, number eight, and Blade Vampire Nation, numero uno. Um, what we're looking forward to this week, um, there were no Todd's Art Attacks, so that's good. Um, we're going to s- glance over the pigskin pickums, and uh, Todd and Joe have issues, also known as Todd and Joe Go Rogue. And at the end of the show, we will have spoiler-filled talk of both the latest es- episodes, not issues, of Stargirl and Andor. So I think I hit everything, Joe. Did you say Nightwing 98? And it just cut out, or did you say Nightwing eight? Accident? I said Nightwing ninety eight, but I may have stuttered. So okay, so that's on me, you know. Okay, I have the pedal down, Joe. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Well, there's no reason. Like I said, it's it's just it's not so much that you need to speed through everything. It's more so you need to do more. Right. I gotcha. So in uh, like we said with DC, they've announced. A bunch of uh, upcoming projects in the year 2023, um, books including Unstoppable Doom Patrol, Adventures of Superman, Jonathan Kent, uh, by Tom Taylor. So that's kind of cool. Um, Superboy, Man of Tomorrow, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Green Arrow, uh, Batman, Brave and the Bold by Tom King, which I and uh, a various group of creators, Cyborg. Um, and then in June, Shazam by Mark Wade and Dan Mora, who are doing the Superman, uh, Batman, uh, World's Finest book, which I think is cool. Um, and Steelworks starring John Henry and a Penguin title by uh, Tom King. So that is a lot of stuff to, to jump out there in the year 2023. Uh, and I'm looking forward to a bunch of these titles, especially Mark Wade on Shazam. Uh, I haven't liked Shazam in a long time, but Mark Wade doing it. Plus he's doing that, uh, that crossover or not crossover. He's doing the world's finest. I'm hoping that they tie into each other the way we like when we're reading, uh, two books. Um, does anything of these jump out at you, Joe? Yeah. So, you know, obviously it's very bold for DC to roll out the, like their next six month strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it'll be interesting to see which ones stick and which ones don't, you know? Right. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken that the, um, the Tom Taylor adventures of Superman is just, um, son of Kal-El getting a new number one. Yeah. Fresh coat of paint is what I'm thinking it's going to be. Right. If I remember correctly from the previous announcement on that, um, it was, it's, this could be like a six issue mini series and then that's going to launch the yet another new number one. Yeah. Um, um I, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I'm, I I think that's kind of cool. I like the idea of the Batman, the Brave and the Bold with multiple creators, including Tom King, Mitch Dredd. Like, they have different people. I'm hoping, you know, maybe different writers, but I was always a bat, like, you know, another Batman book never hurts and a, a team-up thing. I'm glad to see Hal Jordan getting a book again. That's kind of cool. Uh, but, like I said, we have Superboy, we have two Superboy books, one with Connor, one with Jonathan, and we got a Steelworks uh, book with John Henry. I just like the idea of superman getting pushed to the forefront again you know what i mean not not these aren't all batman books there's some diversity a doom patrol book um i'm cool with that and like i said you said laying it out like over the first six months i have a feeling we'll get more in the back six months right what i mean is like uh these ones that are slated for certain months like are things gonna get delayed things gonna get canceled ahead of time uh the the mark white shazam of course like that's number one with a bullet right yeah uh, the Tom King Penguin book, and I like in the press release that it's The Penguin, which is a working title. Right, well. It might just be called Penguin. It's not a my, Penguin. I, I hope they call it Penguin. That's what I want. Penguin. From the state. Remember that? I do. I hope they call it Pango, that uh, Atari game from the early 80s. And isn't that uh, the thing that's the uh, parking app for downtown Scranton? Pango? I don't know. I know. Honestly, I've, I think it's actually called Pango. Not a. I don't. I don't pay the meters when I go downtown. Well, you go. You go late, but uh, have, yeah, it is called P A N G O parking for downtown Scranton, and they are lowering the parking fees in the parking garage as of next year. I think it's going to be as low as a dollar fifty to start for your first hour next year. I just have one of those bags that I stole from a funeral, and I put it <laughs> over the meter when I go. I just keep a lunch bag to yeah. tell you the truth that goes over my, uh, that goes over my, uh, like you just put it over and it says out of order in Sharpie. Just a giant crowd Royal bag. It's a yeah, so I have a bunch of those around here. If you need them for shipping stuff. Okay. I don't know. It might be, I, there's a, that's an ultimate fit in a crown Royal bag. I don't know. I think it does. I don't, I don't know about a, a star Wars black figure, but, uh, we'll oh, okay. So anything uh, jump out at you um, with the free comic book day stuff? Um, not really. I just like the fa- I, the one thing is that they're as of yet because they not with uh, uh, DC is doesn't seem to be in here. Am I correct? I don't know if I saw anything. There. No, no DC. But otherwise, I went over the list, and uh, honest to God, there's nothing that's really jumping out at me for free comic book day. But uh, maybe down the line, who knows? For you? Uh, you know, always uh, Spider-Man stuff. They have us, you know, they, um, Marvel always do two, and they have their um, uh, Spider-Man thing, and then they have an Avengers X-Men crossover thing. Right, right. So I'm always interested in that. I like seeing more kid-oriented stuff, um, less stuff um, focused or directed toward us, us olds that are already into comics, you know? Yeah. Uh, Marvel, like I said, has a ton of stuff. They have the two, you know, actual books. And then they have, like, two all-ages books. Um, But it looks like a lot of stuff for, like, younger kids and teens and tweens and whatever else like that. Um, These are the folks that we need to get into the comic book shops and reading comic books. 
because especially listen to this um you know todd and i are only going to be here so long you know yeah yeah i i we can't keep pushing people to comics so hopefully free comic books will do that and every year it's always our comic shop's biggest day of the year yeah so um yeah like i said nothing jumps out but uh in conventions, I believe we only have one convention, Joe, which is a fan expo, San Francisco. Yes. Uh, with, you know, many, many, uh, you know, celebrities. They have, you know, they have some people from Smallville, so you can get the Smallville package, the Clerks package, Legends of Tomorrow with Jess McAllen and Katie Lotes. Uh, Brent Spiner is going to be there, so you can get your uh, Doug Wheeler um, Mark Photo, Sandman people, and some some lowly people from Cobra Kai that I'm not even going to get into. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then you know, in, and comic creators such as boy, my my phone is slow tonight. Jim Lee, Joe Cusada, Arthur Adams, you know, Tom King. Go ask him how Human Target's going to end. Uh, but you know, these fan expos, even ones that aren't in Florida, are still really, really good, Joe. So I highly recommend you check that out if you can. Anybody there jump out at you? Uh, you know, obviously the Clerks 3 um, crew still out there. I figured after the uh, reception that the movie got, that I'll be in hiding, but good for them. Oh. Uh, much, much braver people than I. Yep, yep. Um, what else is I going to say? Uh, unrelated to someone who decries how bad the fan expos are. Um, the Rob was lamenting that somebody's already squatting on his actual name on Hive social. Oh no, the it's at the Rob on the Hive. No, like somebody already has Rob Liefeld. Somebody already has Robert Liefeld. Oh, so he no. had to do like real Rob Liefeld or something, and he's and he was hot about it. Oh, Spectrox Rob. <laughs> yes, <laughs> would be fantastic. I don't know if I was somebody, I would sell him that. I'd be like, you know what? Trade me one of your creations. It's not like you've lost one before. It's not like the Rob would make a bad deal over something that doesn't mean anything, you know? No, no. You never know, though, Joe. Maybe maybe this will turn into a good thing for him. <clears throat> so. But, uh, so is this the part of the show where I do the plugs, Joe? Yes. Good, good. Um, the soon-to-be-named network, uh, you can go over there on, on Tumblr, lots of other places. You can get all the the podcasts that are fit to listen to. I'm not going to run through all of them um, because you know what they are. You've listened to this show. Highly recommend you go get those, have some fun, see at odds with wrestling, a bunch of other ones. We need wrestling hit my music. You know them all. I, I don't, I don't need to hit them. So you, you go do that. Lots of stuff from like from Chris Runt's battle monsters, as we said before, um, Becky has her artwork. She's at on uh, Instagram and Annie, the kitty on Twitter, go see them. Our comic shop comics on the green. If you don't have, you know, a comic shop in your neighborhood, they can uh, mail order you stuff. Uh, really good. Best comic shop on the East coast. Maybe, middle of the country and possibly the West coast. So best country comic shop in America. Let's put it that way. So, uh, do you want to get into what we read last week, Joe? Yes. Boy, I'm doing such a good job. Um, I'm going to start with the book that we were both looking forward to the most, which is, uh, star girl, the lost children written by Jeff Johns art by Todd knock. Great first name. As I always say, um, the book starts out in the 40s, and we get to see a young uh, TNT and Dynamite 
kid doing, you know, stopping a bank robbery in their souped up car, which is always fun. Everybody had a souped up car in the golden age. Um, and they end up, you know, doing their adventure. And then we cut to six months ago and it's the sidekick, uh, the dynamite kid reliving stuff. And he talked about how everybody, you know, had a sidekick back, how the days were different. That's one of the staples of Jeff John's runs, especially when it comes to the, the golden age. And, um, he, he's lamenting and he's talking about, he was one of the first, but, he he's alone now, but he won't be for much longer. And we find out he's like on a ship in a storm um, cut to the present. You know, it's a star girl, Courtney arguing with her mother that she's been letting her school uh, lapse and she hasn't been doing things that she needs to do. She's been mostly being star girl and she ends up grounding her, her because she's been hanging out with red arrow trying to find, some people who were missing from the uh, that they said are missing from the spring break uh, Stargirl special that we read. And they're like, oh, you can't trust a voice, you know, but you're going to calm down. You're going to stop hanging out with her and you're going to, you know, buck up on your schoolwork. So naturally, Red Arrow shows up in her bedroom in the middle of the night and says, hey, let's get out of here and go, you know, look for stuff. And we're going to try to solve this mystery. And she ends up having her like, you know, crazy board with all the pictures on it. And this is where we get into the deep dive of uh, the JSA like history. She ends up, they both like argue over who knows more about deep, you know, DC legacy. And that's kind of cool. And they get some information that over a radio that they have to go hunt down. And it may have something to do with the dynamite kid who finds an Island um, and ends up crashing and he ends up becoming like youthful again. And there's somebody there that we don't know who they are, but it's going to lead into where we go in, uh, you know, the rest of this mini stairs and possibly like the JSA stuff. I enjoyed the issue. Uh, it was fun. It was more streamlined than the last, uh, JSA book that we kind of did the one shot where it was very scattered shot. I like Todd Knox art. Um, it was it was it was a fun book. I look forward to more Courtney, especially since we're going to be running out of Stargirl episodes to watch. Um, I thought uh, Todd Knox art um, looked really good, colored this way, uh, like digital coloring on a glossy page. Right, he's a he's an artist that kind of lends toward not uh, digital on like the old school pages. So yeah, I'm glad like nothing was lost in his art with that. Uh, this is the book that the Golden Age one shot should have been. I agree. I definitely uh, agree. You get one character, one new character, which is uh, Dynamite. And again, whether it is or isn't, I love the fact that you're calling him Dynamite Kid. That's more wrestling seeping into your brain. Um, I'm pretty sure he is the Dynamite Kid. I I thought it was just TNT and Dynamite. I didn't think it was Dynamite Kid, but if it's Dynamite Kid, that's if you're right, it's even better. If you're wrong, it's like even even better. Right. Uh, I'm looking that up as we speak. Okay. So I'll 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 do what I can here. So this is one of those ones where maybe the solicitations gives away something. It's not so much as uh, a new villain. Let's say. Okay. Right. Um, in name only, uh, they're not named in this. Um, but from, you know, Todd and I being fans of the Stargirl show, as Courtney has the scene with Barb 
and uh, Pat, I'm like, oh, that's Luke Wilson. That's, yep. you know, whatever, right? And I'm like, oh, I wish they drew more like the people on the TV show. But I understand why they don't. Um, but I think if this was that golden age, I think it would have been a lot more accessible. You get your one centralized character in Stargirl. You get the one... Uh, you know, the one additional with Red Arrow, and then you get, like, your new character, which is Dynamite or Kid Dynamite, Dynamite Kid, whatever his name is. It's just Dynamite, by the way. It's Dan right. Dan, the, Dan Dynamite. So, right. I was like, oh, I don't know why I put Kid on there, because all of them had kids back in the day, you know what right. I mean? On the, the JSA sidekick stuff, so. So it was Kid Gorgeous. Right. That yes. it was Kid Presentable. <laughs> right. That, kid Ugly Mug. That it was Dynamite Kid. Yes. Um, but I really like this. This was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I think this is, you know, an easier way. So maybe you read Golden Age and you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. There's too much. Read the Stargirl book. There's just enough information for you to be intrigued to see what comes next. Yes. Yes. So. Um, do Batman or Batman Nightwing uh, 98, not just eight, but 98. 98. Written by Tom Taylor with art by, it's hard to read in here, Danielle D. Nicolo. I'm going to yes. say that's right. As we uh, left uh, Nightwing last, he was being met by Rick Grayson, who makes no sense because Rick was him when he was shot through the head and couldn't remember who he was. But um, we find out that he starts, this Rick Grayson starts changing shape. And then he was like in the original <laughs> Nightwing costume with the mullet, with the ponytail. And then we find out that he's not a person, a human at all, but he is a mite from one of the people, one of the people that is like uh Mixoplik, And I forget who the other one was. There was a couple of them. uh, Batmite. And this one is Nightmite, who's Nightwing's biggest fan. And he ends up, like, basically giving you the rundown of the last several issues. It's like, oh, like, you're doing this. You have a mob boss. You're trying to get to to turn state's evidence. And while that's going on, you have the will they, won't they with Barbara Gordon. Apparently, wink, he winks into the camera kind of a deal. You will if you get my meaning. So he ends up using his magic to, like, do a wedding. And all all the bat people show up and bat friends, including Superman and other people. You think it's fake. But it's it's really them, and I noticed there was no Batman Punisher characters in the background. There's a lot of characters, but I guess he's not Bat Family. But uh, they go on, and he just just basically describes that since Blockbuster's been killed recently in the issues, he had a daughter, and years ago he made a deal with Neron for his own soul. Um, now he traded it for his firstborn's daughter's soul, and now that he's dead. Neron's going to come and take it. So Batmite ends up giving him like superpowers with stuff with magic to go fight the demons that are coming. Um, this is a fun little issue. I like might, uh, night might. Um, I have a feeling if this works, every hero is going to get their own might. If you will, this is going to be like, uh, darkest night where everybody gets a ring. Everybody gets a might. You get a might, you get a might, you get a might. Um, but all around, I thought it was cute. Uh, I just hope it doesn't get out of hand with the mites, uh, fun issue. And now on to 
you know, issue 99 leading into 100. And the art is very interesting. It uh, reminds me because they did a lot of, he did a lot of uh, Franklin Richards stories over at Marvel. And that's how I realized who the artist was. It's kind of like a uh, Scotty Young feel, like that kind of kitty art. And it works for the bat the night might story but i want bruno redondo back as soon as possible um i'm surprised it took this long for there to be a third might character mm. right um i could see them doing at least a one-off um you know there was the thing the movie came out earlier this year was like legion of super pets right and i know uh art balthazar and franco were tasked with like doing pets for like literally everyone in the DC universe Mm -hmm. and that's a fun book just to see how deep they go with their knowledge because they are both big DC heads Um, but I would absolutely read a book of everyone gets a mite Uh, I thought this was a lot of fun it's crazy that the B story in this is that the demons that Blockbuster sold his soul to in Underworld in 1996 are coming for his daughter yeah that is great. Mark Wade, you know, coming back. So they're touching on some of his stories. You know what I mean? And, you know, we get the bit where, you know, he gets the the Nightwing dick gets the assist from Night Might. And we get the bit at the end where Night Might is like, you know, Bloodhaven could use a new blockbuster. You know, not a murdering one, but like maybe you, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, so something has to fill it. You know, you yes. might as well be the next blockbuster, but your own way, if you will. I do like that. Right. I did like that. But this was a very fun read, and that's one of the stronger things that I feel about Tom Taylor's run here on uh, Nightwing is that is it an ongoing story? Yes. And like you could say it's been, been the ongoing story since he took over the book, like what, two years ago? Yeah. Or you could say that this is the beginning of the new story arc that just began like an issue or two ago. Or this is a fun one-off. And those are the best comics where you can pick it up on issue three in the middle of a six-issue run and you're caught right up. Or you need you know everything that you need right from that issue that you're reading there. Right. So lastly, just throwing this out here, book that I also read, I got a chance to read a bunch since I wasn't feeling good. And, uh, the book that I want to mention is Blade Vampire Nation, written by Mark Russell, not the uh, political satirist. <laughs> and uh, Dave Wachter, W-A-C-H-T-E-R. Now, of course, on the cover, it says, from the pages of Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just to get you in the door. I'm going to read to you the beginning page of this, okay? Okay. Using up some of my good words here. Words? Yes. Dracula formed a nation of vampires in Chernobyl, which he, over which he rules. The UN and the Avengers agreed to recognize the new nation's sovereignty, only under the condition that Blade serve as sheriff, enforcing law and order among the, amongst the vampire citizens against Dracula's wishes. Ooh, boy. That's a hell of a pitch. Yes, it is. Um, so this book, uh, it's a, I'm sad that it's only a one shot. Um, you know, obviously we get bits here of what this new, you know, this sovereign thing that Dracula runs. And they make references to government 
and restaurant service. And there's great like long soliloquies in regards to that. Uh, there's an attempt on Dracula's life in his sleeping chamber, but it turns out that they got the wrong person. Or did they? And it's Ooh. up to Blade to figure out who done it. So it's like Blade as like a detective in a world of vampires. There's a bit into the three types or the three classes that humans fall into. Uh, if you want to come live in Dracula's Chernobyl. Uh, as you whether, would. As you would. Whether you want to um, be here because there's low levels of radiation and this is where you grew up. Uh, or you want to be turned into a vampire, or you get to live the most extravagant life you possibly can until it's that time where the vampires decide they want to live like the old days and they just kill you. Okay. There's also a bit in here with a vampire support group where you have like, the old aristocratic vampire who longs for the olden days and doesn't like the new way. Um, it's kind of that thing of like, if everyone's a vampire, then no one's a vampire. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, then you have the thing where it's like, well, they tried to like, my thing was I was supposed to be one of the people that got killed, but the guy didn't do it the right way. So I got turned into a vampire, which is what I don't want to do, but now I can't die because I'm stuck here. Right. Mm hmm. Um, lots of really good ideas that uh, Mark Russell was great at those sort of things. Um, it's a one shot. It's one and done. Um, and it's one of those things that I always forget. Do you know what Blade's shoot name is? Um, no, I don't. It's but, not Blade. It's not it's, Mr. Blade. Right. See, I always just thought it was Blade. I didn't know that he had like a real name and he has a very lame real name. Oh, um, okay. And again, it's nothing to do with the last name. It's just, you know, more so like Steve Rogers sounds commanding, you know. Uh, James Howlett sounds special, you know. Um, Blade's real name is Eric Brooks. Oh, Mark's younger brother. <laughs> Phil's brother. Oh, boy. So that's cool. I, I, now, is it, a, is it a funny, like, comedy book or is no. it more of a horror? It's it's definitely it's more of a detective book, but because my take is a lot of the Mark Russell stuff that I had always had a comedic comedic undertone. You know what I mean? Well, that, so that's where the bits come in uh, in regards to the the the, the vampire um, hierarchy. Uh, no, no, no. Um, like the vampire support group, you know, mm -hmm. like you get jokes in there. Um, you, obviously the more description of the three types of humans that are living in Dracula's Chernobyl, there's a lot more visual stuff that you see there, you know? Right. Uh, but mostly it's Dracula trying to figure out who was trying to kill, uh, it's, it's Blade trying to figure out who's trying to kill Dracula and was that really their intent, you know? Right. And there's nothing more than Blade likes to do is to figure out who's murdering vampires because that's his job, Joe. Right. And that's like, you know, it's just... You know, so I don't know if that did actually spin out of the Avengers book that's going on. I haven't been reading it in quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, but I would absolutely read this Blade book if it was an ongoing. You know, um, my thing is you, I was going to tell you to stop drilling because you struck oil when you said Mark Russell. Right. <laughs> so I'm probably going to try that out just because of that. And all the rest was, you know, like, okay, that's that's icing on the Mark Russell cake, you know? Sure. So, um 
Uh, also on this show, we do uh, what we're looking forward to next week. That's where me and Joe try to predict what each other uh, person is looking forward to the most. And as of this, I have 39 correct guesses to Joe's 35 correct guesses. And as the year ends out, you know, you're losing weeks. So you better start making that ground up now. And I don't think you're going to make any ground up now because the book I think you're looking forward to most is Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number one? That's correct. Cool, cool. The the new Jason Aaron creator-owned book from Boom. Yes. And I think the book you're most looking forward to coming out is Human Target, number nine. It is Human Target. I'm not even going to joke. It looks like, unless there's something super, super amazing, I think you're going to have a few layups uh, for 10, 11, and 12. Yes, luckily they're at the uh, this the rest of this year, and hopefully we can get some uh, some red herrings to pop up uh, on the list for you to throw you off those weeks. Right, right. Um, and now it's time for Todd and Joe have issues, which is uh, also called Todd and Joe Go Rogue, where we're going to decide who has the second best rogues gallery in comics. We all know that the Flash has the best rogues gallery in comics, but, you know, I think it's Batman. <laughs> Joe thinks it's uh, Spider-Man. Um, so we put the worst of the worst because the chain's only as good as its weakest link, and we will Whittle it down to, uh, you know, the, the weakest uh, va- villain in both galleries. And whoever is out to be the weakest, chosen to be the weakest, wins it all. They have the second best rogues gallery in uh, comic books. So we had uh, Batman's uh, villains up against each other, both the Penny Plunderer and the Maid of Wood Killer 2. Um, and in a close race... Uh, the maid of kill, maid of wood killer pulls ahead of Penny Plunder, and he goes on to the next round. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that one. I wasn't one hundred percent sure on who to root for. They're both very, very lame. But uh, that's a pretty, you know. Either way, I feel I, I I got a winner. Move on to the next round. Um, so this week is two Spider-Man villains. Uh, they're both your villains. Uh, so what do you got there, Joe? I'm very glad that Penny Plunderer. Penny Plunderer had me worried. I got uh, no wor- I got no worries about Beta Wood Killer. No, nah, the Penny Plunderer was robbed. You didn't even. We didn't even retweet it the first time, Joe. Yeah, I did. I don't think we did. You tweeted it from the from the thing, but I don't think either of us retweeted it oh, oh. on Tuesday last or Wednesday last week. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, that's on. That's not just on me. That's on you. So I I, I didn't do it because I thought it would be fair because you didn't do it. Oh yeah, that's the reason why. Yes, that's the reason why. Um, so this week it's uh, Video Man versus Aloysia Craven, aka Craven Two, aka the one that was like the movie producer later. Mm-hmm. Um. You're voting for Video Man. He's a walking, talking space invader character, right? Um, that's pretty lame. Um, but either one that you vote for, it's cool. I'm good. I, I'm I'm the same way, but I'm leaning towards if you want to vote for Craven because Video Man's you know kind of Video Manny. But uh, uh-huh. I, I I vote I vote for uh, for Craven. So please vote for Craven, people. Oh, so I'll just throw this out here as well. So there's still two days left. I'll give it a boost tomorrow um, before the holiday and everything. But we have the voting up 
of what we're going to do for Todd and Joe have issues next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it stands, Sandman is in the lead. Right? Right. Um, we did get some decent suggestions for something else. Um, Fred Chamberlain mentioned the first 50 issues or 96 through 150 of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I know uh, Mike from Virtual Pros mentioned the X-Men Onslaught stuff. Ugh. And I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> trying to navigate that would be a chore, right? Right. Because technically, there was there is Onslaught, X-Men Onslaught, Avengers Onslaught, um, Marvel Universe, okay? Right. Then you have three months of Onslaught crossing over with practically every title in the Marvel Universe. That is true. So what do you pick? Like, what's the key issues that you would read out of that? Like, we if we read the entirety of the Onslaught saga, it would be nearly 100 books. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I look at it as since we have a... Uh, I don't know if I'd want to do Onslaught, but it would be a follow-up to the Clone Saga because what a, you know, what a cluster, you know, that was. You know what I mean? Now, so I'll, I'll throw it out there. It's a lot of books as well, but it's six of one, half a dozen the other. Age of Apocalypse. I never read Age of Apocalypse. Did you? Yes, I did. Oh, um, if I, I'll throw my hat in the ring too with uh, uh, Mark Wade's Flash Run, but that's super long, so I don't know. Like I just, we could just keep adding stuff, you know. But uh, but right. So there's as of this recording, there's two days left. Sandman's currently in the lead. I'll boost the poll uh, on Wednesday, and then we'll have the results next week of what we'll be doing. But like I said, if something else wins then we gotta have a new poll of all the different choices for something else you know right yeah at least we have time you know what i mean we did it early enough so it's not like we're going in uh, with like a half an hour to go you know what i mean and we threw the poll up there for what we're gonna do for the 2023 movie poll Mm -hmm. uh over on the patreon there's no um there's no um what was he gonna say there's no time frame of when that's going to end, I guess. Right. Uh, but currently, comic book oddities are in the lead. And remind me when you're when you're feeling better. You know what I mean? Yeah. To go over my idea for me watching horror. Okay. Uh, but, but it would be a whole separate tier of Patreon. Okay. So just write that down, and we'll discuss that at some point. Well, you can talk it at me or send it to me in an email. And I could reply to you that way. Right. No, I know. But I just didn't want to do it here. You know what I mean? I gotcha. So uh, we have that. Um, Now we have the uh, Amazon click-through. It's the thing that uh, we tell you that Amazon exists. And then you go and you buy something there. And then the thing that I love the most happens at the end of the month. I get the cut of the money. Yeah. I don't know how to do that from my end, Joe. You know what I mean? Um, so through the click through this month, we had 25 millimeter coin holder capsule, clear round plastic coin containers case for coin collection supplies of a hundred. 
Uh, Fansuna 100-piece coin capsule, 30 millimeter, completely different from the 25 millimeters, with one plastic storage box for coin collectors. Um, so apparently, we either have somebody who loves uh, coins, Joe. Is that you? Are you are you collecting coins now too? No, but apparently, there's like a section of TikTok that's all about rare coins. Mm-hmm. And my kid like fell into it a couple weeks ago. Oh, down that coin hole. Yeah, yeah. The coin so, slot, I guess you would call he's it. He's like, oh, did you know a penny from this year is worth this and a dime from this is worth this? And he went through like a whole bunch of change and he found like everyone's birth years and he's like, you should hold on to this, you know? So I, I think there's like some sort of TikTok thing about rare coins and the you know, maybe somebody got bit by that bug, you know, but uh, we thank have a, you for support. We have a future penny plunderer on our hands. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe it's penny plunderer too, you know. Ooh, I, we're, maybe I'll add him to the to the polls next week. Um, <laughs> also, uh, Leg, Lego Ninjago Zane's Golden Dragon set. I don't know anything about Ninjago. Um, Funko Pop Rocks, which I'm fine with all of these. Eddie Van Halen with guitar. Um I love the the musician Funkos because there's not a lot of uh, musician merch out there usually. Um, and finally, this is my favorite, Sleepy Time PJs, family matching Christmas onesies, fleece hooded footed pajamas. Gotta love the footed pajamas. I hope they have that plastic on the bottom of the feet that you would slip and fell and ki- kill yourself on the linoleum kitchen floor, Joe. Love that stuff. That's That's what my kid was wearing. He was wearing his Pikachu one. With the feet, um, and he puts it, his feet with the the gimmicks on the feet in his shoes when we went to the uh, Pikachu Midnight release last week. Oh yeah, I saw that. If uh, I, I see you were out of the house late at night, that didn't yeah. involve wrestling. It confused me, Joe. I can it confused me. Yeah, go, go listen to Add Odds for more on that. You know. Let's oh, I will. I'm going to go do that right now after we uh, record the show. I'm not saying you. I mean, you know, people in general. I know. I was I was making what they call a joke, Joe. Oh boy, bring a, <laughs> bring a bell next time. <laughs> Don't start me up. Um, I'm going to glance over the pigskin pickings because I'm at twenty. Um, so who Todd, really cares? If you, fall, if you fall below me, what do we do? What I, I I get to pick who your new favorite team is. Uh, there's no way I'm going to fall below you because oh, that that was recorded, everybody. Right, because I have 910 points with you when you have 10, uh, 10 points a game, so that's something. But you have 830, so you have I'm almost I'm like I'm like eight games ahead of you. If I slip eight games back and you you know if I even slip four games and you come ahead four games, that ain't happening. That ain't how many happening. how many weeks are left in the season? Like 15 or something? I think it's like 34. But 34 not, weeks left in the season? Right, 34 weeks of football. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, there's not 34 weeks of football. Listen, Run week know. 12, and they have 18 weeks now. Listen, the tides can turn. I'm I'm closer than you now than I have been so far. That is true. But I, I have faith in my football-picking ability to not win the whole enchilada, but not lose to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the that's that's my goal now. As long as I'm ahead of you and the fancy gentleman, I'm okay. Oh well, he's he's another kettle of fish, you know. Oh, I don't know. I don't like that's that's this week. Fish math begins in a few days, Joe. Yeah. So 
Um, oh, my buddy Mike messaged me. Uh, what was it? Maybe this past Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the Edwardsville one. Um, they were not only did they reduce their hours, but they don't. Uh, I don't think they let people in anymore. Oh my so god! All, so it's all drive through, and he drove by like on a Friday afternoon, and he goes, "There was a line of six cars." He goes, "It was the most people I've ever seen at that Long Gun Silver in like five years." Well, imagine Christmas. It's going to be thirty thousand cars long. Can you imagine that? That this Christmas, that parking lot is going to have thirty thousand cars in it, Joe. That parking lot doesn't hold thirty thousand cars, Tom. It will at Christmas, Joe. Christmas fish math miracle. That I sent. I don't know if I posted on social media. I don't think I did. So I think I mentioned it to you before that one of Ace's little friends refuses to believe that people eat at Long John Silver's. Wow! Somebody so, needs to take take them to it. So we went. I went and got Long John Silver's one night, and Ace had some. He's like, eh, "That's too much." You know, it's if you know, it's it's tough for your delicate constitution if you're just a little boy, right? Mm-hmm. So we may have staged a photo of him enjoying the Long John Silver's, and oh, I just. I just texted you the picture. I'd love if you could access your phone while we're doing the show. Uh, what do you think I've been uh, doing the show from this whole time? Todd, so, I don't know what you're up to. Oh, my God. Look at that kid. It's like, mmm, <laughs> just fish, Long John so, Silvers. So he staged the photo, and he sent it to his buddy, and his buddy got so mad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that. That's fantastic. Another generation. That's That's what I like to see, Joe. Yeah. That was the night Double J was on uh, AEW. Oh, you know what? I'm glad. How's his uh, heels and faces figure going? Oh, my God. This Saturday will be, what, 17 months? Oh, my 16 God. 16 months? Jesus Wh- God. What's the over-under now? Uh, February 2023, let's say. All right. Because it, it, it was supposed to be February 2022. That's what the original email says when I ordered it in July of 2021. Or, or no, when I ordered right when I ordered it July of 2021, it was supposed to be. It said we'll ship February 2022. So I think he must have just smudged some chocolate on the two, and it you looks like know. a three. Yeah, I don't know. You never know, but hopefully soon, Joe. I, I two weeks, I would say. All right. So hey, we have TV show to talk about, which means you have TV show to talk about, and I get to say yeah. Yeah. So where would you like me to start? Uh, Stargirl. Okay. Um, Stargirl, after the events of last week, we found out that the original Icicle is alive and he has killed the Crocs. So uh, their their daughter, Artemis, is looking for her. So she recruits basically the you know the, her friends to help look for them but along the way they're trying to figure out uh how they're going to fight the ultra humanite and basically you know starman and pat are kind of like arguing like well like who are we going to get well and he's like we need everybody we even need the you know the icicle family like we'll get all them together and he's like well you know i i, I don't i don't think that's a good idea so um they end up the the kids end up going into the basement. Rick is still missing because he's all hopped up on the hourglass. Um, and they go down into the sewers because they end up using a tracker in Sportsmaster's mask to find uh, that uh, he has been killed and him and his wife. Uh, so they end up, you know, the Artemis is like going crazy over this. Um, and we end up finding out that like Icicle comes home 
and he ends up going to like his mother and father, the grandfather and the grandmother of Cameron. And it's like, well, what happened? And he's like, I pulled, and he gives the, the story. He ends up pulling himself together through like whatever, through sheer will. His powers have never worked like this before. Um, but, uh, he ends up saying, well, I've been, I've been good. Everybody else, like with the Crocs, I think it's time for a truce. And he even gets the grandmother and the grandfather on board. And he ends up going to talk to Amy Smarty, like, cause he ends up saying, I've been away. I was in an accident. I'm back. Um, and he ends up like talking to Courtney and he's like, or basically saying like, why don't I get a second chance? Everybody else gets a second chance. They're like, well, yeah, like you've killed the sports master and, and, uh, Tigress. And then he was like, that was an accident. That was an accident. I didn't know who they were. I, I thought they were attacking me. And he ends up like talking to her, even though like she doesn't have the staff and he has the powers and he's, and he's kind of like bullying her. He's like, and he can't see that like, yeah, I'm in a bad place to not agree to you right now. Cause I don't have my staff and you have power. You could kill me at the snap of a finger. So this is like bad negotiating tactics. Um, so they go back and Starman actually finds out that the icicle is back and he loses it. He's like, this is the end of the line. Uh, you know, we've, We've let the Crocs in. We've like, we thought the gambler was good. Courtney's going too far. So he basically gives her the ultimatum, like, give me the staff so I can go kill uh, Icicle. And it's kind of like, it, it goes back to where they had to kill the person who was possessed by Eclipso. Um, and that's what made the JSA fall apart. And once again, uh, Sylvester, AKA Starman is making, bad decisions but i will say angry uh joel McHale never works like when he's all angry and he's firing the the staff and he's like mad i'm like nope i always see goofy joel McHale from the soup and or uh and or what was the community 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 i just don't get it and uh cindy ends up teaming up with now she goes and finds uh jakeem and mike and they are going to hunt down the ultra humanite because she has more knowledge than everybody else did i miss anything joe no i think that's pretty much everything we can talk about spoilers though um Mm -hmm. so uh okay so this season's all about forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And Icicle's like, listen, you've forgiven all these other people. Why won't you forgive me for what I did? And then Courtney lays out like all the horrible things that he's done, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't expect you to forget, but can't you just forgive? Yep. And then it's like, you literally killed this girl right here. See her right over there? You literally killed both of her parents hours ago. Like, it's still the same 24-hour cycle since it happened. And, like, we're just supposed to say, like, whoopsie? Like, okay. And then there's another bit where Courtney's, like, going over everything, and she's like, well, ultra-humanite very obviously killed the gambler, right? Right. And it was Icicle who killed the gambler very clearly. Because, like, there's no weapon, he shoots the icicle at him, it probably evaporated or whatever it is, right? Right. Um, and then we get Icicle cutting his two baby face promos in the episode, the one on Courtney, 
and the one uh, to his son. And his son smells something's up, right? Yeah. But then, like, he charms the son, and then the son goes and tries to work the same magic on Courtney. Kind of, sort of works there. The babyface promo don't work on Courtney from Icicle. I thought Joel McHale's heel promo worked really well. I liked it. I know that you said you just see him as the goofball character from uh, Community and everything else like that, but I thought he did, like, some good, like, acting, you know, TV acting. <laughs> right. Um, but then everyone's like, okay, well, we really need to let Icicle in because we need as many people as we can to take on the ultra humanite. And obviously, and he, knows, he knows so much about them, so we can use right. that knowledge. And obviously, they hate each other. And then we get the reveal at the end that Icicle and ultra humanite are working together uh, with some fancy ultra humanite po- uh, uh, point of view shots because we don't have enough money to do a ton of his effect for this episode. Right. They were like, get us the engine from the flash that you use Grodd. Now make him gray, give him a beard. And could you put a sexy red harness with spikes on him? Good. We have our ultra humanite, but don't use them too much. Cause we don't want to burn up the budget. Uh, but it was a fun episode. Uh, I like what everything's building toward with this, you know? Right, right. We're almost there. What do we have? Two more episodes left, I think. I think so. So next week is the penultimate episode. It should be done. I don't think we're going to, like, they're going to lay it out. Because I know sometimes they'll go, like, oh, you know, after Christmas. I do think we're going to have it all done before the end of the year. Because sometimes they do like to stretch. They don't like to put things on, new episodes on during the Christmas season, if you will. Let me look at the schedule while we're talking. Maybe while uh, you talk about and or I'll look that up. Right. So uh, it starts out with Andor, and I forget uh, uh, Melshi. That's the two that have escaped the prison. They're, you know, watching for like TIE fighters fly over and any troopers they're trying to get away. And, you know, they're beaten up. I do like they're hanging off the side of a cliff, and, you know, Andor's giving them the pep talk. He's like, I can't feel my hands. He's like, they're, they're leaving. He's like, please tell me you're not lying because that better be true. Um, because I can't hang on. He's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, even though it might not be true, they end up, you know, running all around and they end up seeing this like crappy ship down by uh, a pond or a lake. They're like, oh, well, we'll go down and we'll try to steal that ship and get out of here. He's like, can you even fly it? And he's like, Andor's like, I don't know. It's old, but we'll give it a try. He goes down and there's like two aliens there and they, they, Melshi just makes a break for it. He's going to take the ship. And they end up trapping them in these uh, high-tech nets. Goo nets. What? Goo nets. Goo nets. But they're, uh, they're, they're for their squigglies, Joe. And uh, we find out that there's a thousand, like, credit, you know, reward on anybody who escapes the prison. And, you know, Andor and Melchior are getting nervous. They're like, we mean you no harm. And, you know, the aliens are like, yeah, you don't. We got you. And then he's the one alien starts explaining. He's like, yeah, since the prison came and all over the empire has been destroying the lakes and the ponds that have our squigglies. And, you know, like in the end it's basically because the empire hates people and especially aliens and ruining people's life with like pollution and stuff like that. And fascism. They're like, you know what? We're going to get you out of here. Get in. 
and they end up like letting them out of the goo nets and they end up, you know, taking off. That's like the bookends. There's a, a part with them at the end that I'll get to, but I did like that because it shows like how much any alien species truly hates the empire. And if you mess with an alien squigglies, you mess with his livelihood, Joe. You know what I mean? So the, anything the, there you want the to- aliens were called the Narkinians. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were a good design for uh, some new funky aliens in Star Wars. If if anything Andor was missing, it was funky aliens. Mm-hmm. That is true. You're a big aliens guy, so I was I was happy to see. Um, yeah. So in the in between episodes, Marva uh, Andor's adopted mother has passed away, and they're trying to you know have a funeral ceremony on Ferrix, and they explain a little bit of their. Uh, funeral techniques like your ashes are put in a brick and then they find a wall and they they put it in there um and so now uh one of uh lucian's people is watching because they're waiting for andor because he's a loose end that might have information so they're like oh we might have to kill him to you know shut him up and the rebels are there and i love the fact that the rebel spy and the imperial spy are both hanging out in the same like eatery slash bar and are like talking to each other. That was absolutely fantastic because any other show would have hit you over the head like a hammer, but they're both just like asking innocent questions like what's going on out there? Oh, somebody died and blah, blah, blah. But they're trying to pump each other for information, but they have no idea. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I can't remember the name of the friend, but he has to take care of, uh, uh, the, uh, of Andor and his mother's robot, who, by the way, I've, I've never cared or felt bad for a droid in Star Wars the way I did for BTEMO, is that's his, his name, I guess, where he was all sad that Marva died, and he comes in, the guy comes in, and he's like, Brasso. He's like, oh, like, she wouldn't want you to, to be here alone. You're going to come home with me. And he's like, you could stay here. And in the end, he is just a scared and sad pet, which is some of the best, like, like a new interesting take on the droids. Usually they're sassy robots, but this one I genuinely felt terrible for Joe. Yes. Um, obviously there was a lot going on in the season, but uh BMO, I think is what they call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really good. Um, him uh, reacting to Marva's passing. Right. Um, so uh, I can't think of Vel goes to, uh, Vel goes to Lucian's, Luthen's assistant, which I think her name is Clea. Yeah. And yeah. she goes to like the, the, the store that they have, the, the antique store, and she breaks every protocol. And I, and I love this in this episode in the fact that everybody who's come to talk to Lucian or Clea, they have like their patter down, like never talk never say what you're really saying when your face is towards the window, whatever, all the protocols. And, uh, she comes to say like about, uh, Marva's death and she's just like, and what about, uh, my, my girlfriend and everything. And she's like, you need to calm down. You've broken every protocol, uh, that we have. And she's like, well, I want to talk to Luthen. And he's like, well, Luthen's off planet. Like, uh, we're going to handle all this. So I'll, I'll contact you, but you get out of here and stop being stupid, which I thought, you know, was, was, was really cool because everything they had set up to this point, uh, anything there for you or. No, I, I thought that was like a good back and forth, like almost like, um, 
that scene in God, uh, in, uh, Goodfellas where they're talking on the phone mm-hmm. and they're talking in code and they show you in the subtitles like what all the code means. Right, right. Uh, that was this uh, show's version of that. Right. So um, basically she ends up going to see Mon Mothma or Val, her, that's her cousin, and she ends up you know, talking to her about uh, Mon Mothma's daughter and the fact that she's, you know, in deep with the money and how deep and blah, blah, blah. And she ends up saying, like, well, I do have a way out and it's betroving my daughter to this gangster's son. And she's like, well, would your husband even go for it? He's like, he's he's very open minded. But the daughter is all in on their their like lifestyle, like the betrothing and like the the, the ceremonies and the all that stuff. And she's even meeting with like other women in this kind of like I'm wondering if they're like kind of leading it to be like like a cult kind of thing, their traditions and everything. And it's like, oh boy, like Mon Mothma doesn't want to do it, but it's almost like my daughter's gonna wanna do it if that makes any sense. So like I, it's making my terrible, terrible decision even easier. If that makes any sense, Joe. Yes. So, uh, they have that. And then, uh, I'm trying to think of Deidre is cause they're having the funeral. They're like, Oh, uh, oh, that's if you may have mentioned it. Um, but obviously because they have such tight reins on everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, they they said that they're going to allow them to do the funeral because typically right. they wouldn't let them do it. Yep. They're like, we'll let, let them have Rick's Road, give them the permit to do it, but like make the window as small as possible. Don't let have big groups, and this will hopefully snuff out Andor. Like Andor will come if they have the funeral, not knowing it's, like everything that's that's gone on uh, with him. Right. So. so um, Basically, and I'm leaving my favorite part for second last, so we're going to go to Luthen. Luthen ends up going to Saw Gerrera to talk with him and be like, oh, you know, this and that, like you were supposed to assist with Krieger and I couldn't get you to to do the Spellhouse thing, but uh, Saw wants to talk to him and he gets there and he basically goes, all right, I'm going to back up Krieger. And Luthen is doing everything he can not to give up the fact that they have to betray Krieger. And if he goes, if saw goes, he's going to get captured too. And they have back and forth. So basically he just has to lay it out there and saw loses his mind. He's like, so what if this was me on the other side? Would you have done it? And he's like, no, Krieger's never like Luthen is spinning the plates. He's like, no, because you've you've seen me. You know too much. Krieger's never met me. So if they even if they do capture him, he's got nothing to give them. And this, if you watch Rogue One, when you see Sagarera in Rogue One, he's paranoid because everybody's betrayed him. When the main character, I forget her name, comes with Andor looking for her information on her father. She's like, have you betrayed me too, little one? Like, this is the the world that he lives in that is going to, like, break Saw. And I, I really like the back and forth with the two of them um, about how it is. And Luthen, once again, lie on top of lie on top of lie. Here's the truth. Here's two more lies. Here's another truth. You know what I mean? I love Luthen as a character. He He needs those layers. To keep everyone at an arm's length, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so uh, I but do that's, like that. That's not the best Luthen scene of the episode. 
Right. Then Luthen takes off and he gets the call from, uh, you know, from K- uh, I can't think of her name, from Clea. And she's like, you have to come home. And they end up, like you said, doing the code there again. And the thing, like, I think I found that thing, you that I article, that item you were looking for. And he's going back and forth. He's like, and we need it back. He's like, have you thought about the price? And that's great. And then he gets picked up by not a Star Destroyer. I don't know what it is, but it's a, like a, a smaller version of it. And they end up and he's doing the whole bit, like, get me my ship codes and all they're on one. And he's doing the whole let's, let's stall for time while I can figure out what I'm doing and end up putting the tractor beam on him. And Luthen, like, still sweet, trying to sweet talking, but planning out how he's going to get away. And he ends up using the countermeasures to blow up the big satellite dish on the ship. And he ends up getting away, leaving the, like, the Empire who think they're all tough on the ship. Just like, like, gape jawed as Luthen, you know, leaves them all behind. You know what I mean? I thought that was a, to show not only how great Luthen is at like being a spy, but how well he is at tactics and everything like that. Like Luthen's the man, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so that scene with him getting away, okay. Mm-hmm. in that little ship, whatever it was, a uh, hall crest or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It would be easy to show that scene to someone who's like, nah, I don't know about Andor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it would give someone who has not watched Andor a false sense of what this show is. But that is what this show is. But you need to watch the previous episodes to earn that scene. Does that make right. any it's sense? A, right. It's a cool scene. It's a cool that, scene in a vacuum. But right, if you it's watch everything up to that point and you see that, it's like a thousand times better. Right. At at that point, it's just somebody who doesn't want to get captured by the Empire. Right. Which nobody does. You could just immediately go, Empire's bad. This person wants to get away. Oh, That's and the, cool. And, and the bit with the Empire, like, they're scrambling. Like, it's a real tense scene, too, because he's telling the droid and the, the ship to do the stuff. And then we don't, like, we never see him flipping a switch back and forth talking to the Empire people, right? Mm-hmm. But very, there's the, half of his dialogue is to the Empire people, half his dialogue is to the to the robot, the, the droid or whatever. So you're like, oh, are they going to catch him that way, right? It's a very tense scene, and he has to get the right code, and then they run the code, and then they're waiting for the code to come back, and the code comes back okay. But the Imperial people are like, eh, let's search him anyway. Right. We need we, practice. That blew my mind. Oh! Like, should we board him? We could use the practice, and I was like, "Do I got goosebumps when he says that?" It's like because everything they do makes the empire scumbags, Joe. You know what I mean? Except but, uh, for except for my what's what, what, uh except for Cyril, he's the only good one. Well, now we get to the best part of the show, Joe. Okay. So Cyril's you know having talks with his mother. His mother's you know an overbearing whatever. And he gets a phone call. And you know how you had your dream booking of Deidre and Cyril in a room together? Well, all I wanted was my two sweethearts, Cyril and the sergeant, to get back together, Joe. And the sergeant calls him. And the sergeant is as competent as I remember, Joe. Right? He's calling from a payphone at a smelter. 
and the smelter's going and Cyril's trying to talk to him and the mother's in the background belittling Cyril and he's there and he's like sergeant he's, and he just keeps calling him the sergeant and she's like oh so I see where like all your you know how you've advanced where you were with these people and everything and I'm like this is fantastic. And he ends up saying, as dumb as the sergeant is, he's like, I still have people back at our old office. They haven't closed it up completely yet because they need to like work some stuff out, whatever, like however he explains it. They're still open for a brief time. And something came across his desk that Andor's mother has died. And whatever he's trying to say, but Cyril can't hear him because of the smelter. And then it turns off and he can hear him a little bit and he can't. He's like, we need to meet up and he ends up like apparently robbing his mother's safe to take Imperial credits. And he's going off to find after Cad Bane, the second best character in star Wars is the Sergeant. And I want my Sergeant action figure, both in his, you know, corporate cop outfit and the smelters outfit. Doesn't matter. I want my sergeant figure. You can have your, you can have your Bib Fortuna. And who was the other guy? The 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 director. Uh, the the client. The client. Yeah, uh, you can have the client. Uh, uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, Werner Herzog. And uh, I just want the sergeant, you know, and my Cad Bane figures. So we're he's going off to get information that will probably lead him to Andor's mother's funeral as we get together. Um, now the end of the show is both Melshi and Andor on that tropical planet that Andor got arrested. He left his, you know, his blasters and all the money that he made from the Aldani job uh, above the shower, which apparently nobody cleans, I guess. I don't know. And he finds all his money. He gives Melchi some money. He gives him a blaster and they both decide how many, how many people do you think made it? Well, Melchie's Melchie's the one who pitches this. Right. He's like, do you think it's just us? Well, either way, we have to separate and we have to get the word out of what is happening. And that's when, uh, you know, Melchie, he gives him the money. Oh, and before that, he ends up calling home with the money and finding out that his mother has died. And I love this scene, too, because he's talking. He's like, hey, who's this? And he was the guy who, like, ran the building. He's like... It, it, you know who this is. Tell M- Merva that like everything's all right and I'm coming. He's like Andor. He's like no names, and the guy ends up saying like Andor's name like five times. And Andor's like, don't say my name. And he's like, oh, the mother has died. And he goes out and he talks to Melshi. He gives him the blaster. He gives him the money, and he knows what he has to do. Even though every instinct says I cannot go back to that planet. Andor's coming home for his mother's funeral. And that's soul breaking, Joe, because we know all the people that are waiting for him when he gets there. And Cyril and the, and the most competent sergeant in the uh, Star Wars universe are coming too, Joe. So you got to think the shock of this, of course, but Andor's got to figure out everyone's going to be there for him as well, right? Right. So I think he's going to get over the shock of finding out that his mother's dead and realizing that he needs to get home. But he also is going to figure out everyone's going to be waiting for him. That it's a trap. That they're going to turn his mother's funeral into a trap. And he's going to figure out, he needs to figure out a way. Because the character that they've built up isn't someone who's just going to blindly walk into what's very obviously a trap. See, now I would, I'm not going to say he will. 
but this is the one situation that would make someone do that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm not saying he will, but if anything that could make a person stupid to want to go back to like an obvious trap and cloud your judgment, it would be this. So I'm open to the possibility of Andor making a huge mistake and the most competent man in the show after the sergeant, Luthen, catching him and going, boy, were you about to make the biggest mistake of your life? Like you have to cast off all these, you know what I mean? Like what's made Luthen Luthen, if you get my meaning. You have to give it all up. And I think that's, he's actually going to make the mistake, but Luthen is going to save him from it. You think so? I think so. I think he's dumb, dumb enough in this situation. Not dumb enough, but brokenhearted enough to mess up. We shall see. I think, I think he's going to be smarter than that. Okay, I, I'm. That's the thing. I agree that yours can happen too, but the show's so well written. They're just like, we're not going to give you the blueprint. You know what I mean? Like anything can happen. So, well, we do have uh, Andor this week. There is no Star Girl this week. They're off this week for Thanksgiving, and then the last two episodes are the the two weeks after. But we do have the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special oh, to watch. This so week I was well. just going to ask that. So that works out that we'll have two next week. Uh, so we'll have Andor and the Gardens together. That works out. So we're not keeping overloading. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm happy with that then. Absolutely. So did this end up being a short show? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, you know what though? I did a lot of the talking. So hopefully your voice, you know, your bread and butter, the golden pipes of Joe Sposto, Diamond Joe Leonard, you know, got a little better because I, once again, through this show on my shoulders, Joe. Of course, yes. Yep. So I will take the reins and close it out for you and say bye, everyone. This was episode six thirty three of Longbox Heroes, four nineteen of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Uh, hopefully, you got more than you bargained for, and uh, we'll see everyone next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boo. Listening to the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.